interrupt me. Hello, welcome back to Girl and Interrupted, where we discuss issues and topics that affect women and female identifying people. Thank you so much for tuning in. As you know, my name is Lisa, and I hope that everyone has had a great year and week so far. It has been eventful already, man. The orange man having fits and ordering football teams, fast food. Like, it's just been crazy. And on top of that, like, this whole surviving R. Kelly thing has been very triggering for me. And I just want to say I'm sorry for not putting out an episode last week. People were DMing me and asking me where I was and why did not I put an episode out. So thank you so much for listening and being patient and actually looking for these episodes. That really makes me happy that someone's listening to this or some people are listening to this. But I wanted to talk about the whole surviving R. Kelly thing without being triggered and without speaking from an emotional place. I want to talk about it so we can learn from it and we can decide where we're going to go from here. But before we jump into that, I'm starting a new segment here on Girl Uninterrupted called Films of the Week. Here, I will give a shout out to films who are doing their thing out there. And this week, I have four. Our first film of the week goes to Caitlin Ohashi, who was who is a UCLA gymnast who earned a perfect 10 score for an incredible routine. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you go watch it. It is a sight to see. It makes you happy. Like I was smiling while watching that to see a girl so happy and doing great. Just amazing. Okay, let's go to number two. Number two goes out to Audrey, which is one of the founders of Girl Uninterrupted. She's doing amazing things here in Miami with the homeless and she's working to solve this issue of homelessness here. And she also got married in December. So congratulations, Dre, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I could not ask for a better friend. You were so beautiful on your wedding day. And thank you so much for asking me to be a bridesmaid. The wedding was beautiful. Let's go to the next one. Um, the next one is Live Life Unfiltered which is ran by Keisha Simpson, who is starting a movement reminding young women that behind each perfect photo, there's still a girl with insecurities, bad days, and struggles. They have a hashtag called As She Is, where girls post pictures without filters. I absolutely love this idea. Their next challenge will be on February 1st, where you post an unfiltered photo capturing a side of yourself that you wouldn't normally show on Instagram. I'm definitely going to join, even though I don't even do the social media thing. But if you want to do it, and I suggest you join as well, you have to tag live life underscore unfiltered in your photo and use the hashtag as she is. While you're doing that, make sure you nominate other people and tag them and challenge them to do this as well. We want to show the world that women are beautiful without filters. We want to show little girls that they don't have to over filter their pictures and they don't have to have to to go in and modify their pictures. They can just be naturally beautiful. So go look them up. It's a great movement. Lastly, I also want to give a shout out to all of the sororities who had Founders Days this week. I have family members as well as friends who have pledged. They are amazing women and they do great work in the community. So happy Founders Day to you guys. Okay, so that was a sec segment of the of the film of the week, films of the week. Um, if you have any suggestions, you can just let us know 
at Girl Uninterrupted on Instagram. That's G-R-R-L underscore uninterrupted. We now have an Instagram, so I would like for you guys to follow us as well. But yeah, send me suggestions of, of, of films that you think that should be highlighted. So let's jump into this week's talk, which is on consent and the abuse of power and influence. Like I said, this whole R. Kelly thing has brought a lot to the forefront. After watching the first four episodes of the docuseries, I had to take a break. I still haven't finished it, but I want to. It's a lot to swallow, though. And if you haven't watched it yet, I suggest you do because it's it's informative. And those girls were brave and they told their story. And I, I think that you need to listen to that. But if you do, make sure that you are cautious and make sure that you are in a place where you're not going to be triggered. But in all honesty, I don't really want to talk about the documentary directly because it's just so much information. And like I said, those survivors deserve to be the ones to tell their own stories. But I do want to talk about some things that I notice from the reaction of people around the whole movie and the reaction within myself. It is very clear to see that America doesn't care about black girls or black women. And this was not only clear in the fact that R. Kelly has been abusing women and girls for decades, but also in the fact that everyone was aware of this and they didn't do anything about it, especially his team. They all remained silent. Of course, like all of this sparked conversation on all of social media outlets, and I normally do a good job at not engaging in debates, but my cousin wrote a status on Facebook that got me thinking a little. What he said was that he felt like the outrage over R. Kelly was hypocrisy. He asked, where was this outrage when this was happening to Aaliyah or when the tape first came out anyway? Because there were obvious proof that all of this was happening he looked at all of this as a social media frenzy and that it would eventually die down in two weeks like all things do and that we will be left in the same place that we were years ago. That's scary. That scared me for this to happen again. Like the thought of this being allowed to happen again scared me. But he also pointed out that in our hometown, which is Vicksburg, Mississippi, as in many places, there were plenty of instances where young girls were talking to older men and that it was not only trendy, but it was something that was acceptable and people did not see a problem with it at all. And I want to put emphasis on the fact that R. Kelly is trash and he's sick and he needs to be placed underneath the jail, as well as some of the people who, who knew about it and just sat around not saying anything. But regardless of if we got it right decades ago or not, I think he still needs to go to jail. But my cousin really had a good point. And this is what I want to discuss. Are we being observant of our prior mistakes of not protecting these girls as a society? Are we examining our definition of consent and the reality of abuse in our society and in our day-to-day -day lives? If not, you need to. And this is what I want to talk about now. On this episode, I want to discuss ways to change the way we look at these situations in our day-to-day -day life. How we look at consent, how we look at abuse, how we look at the abuse of power and influence. It is so easy to judge a situation when you aren't in it because you're able to see the bigger picture, but things get blurry when it's, when it's in your everyday life and most people need to worry about their everyday life. They need to look at themselves and place a mirror up to themselves in their life and understand that they are perpetuating the same things in their day-to-day -day life. 
Just a little like backstory because I've experienced this a little bit. When I was younger, my friends and I definitely had a thing for older guys. And I think it was really all about the thrill of getting them to like us. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of girls went through that. Not only with guys, but I did the same thing with women. And a lot of guys go through that as well with, with older guys or with older women. Like it happens. And this had nothing to do with sex for me because I wasn't even sexually active like that. But I definitely had crushes on guys and girls who were older than me. I started to date a guy who was 10 years older than me when I was 19. At that age, I thought that I was mature and ready to be in a serious relationship. But that ended up not being the case. The guy broke up with me because of the age difference. And that's at least what he said. It was a maturity thing. But it ended up not being the case. Like, I found out that after we broke up that he was dating someone who was younger than me. So here's a guy who's 29, 30 years old dating someone who's 18 or 17. This happens. This is very common. As stated on the documentary, teenagers don't have a sense of longevity, which means we're really naive really naive and very easy to manipulate. This is why the responsibility is on the adult to make the sensible decision and not participate. So this brings me to number one. It does not matter how fast, grown, fresh, or mannish a teenager is. The responsibility falls on the adult. You do not point fingers at a toddler for playing with the lit fire that you let out. If the toddler gets hurt, you blame yourself or the adult in charge for not watching the baby and not thinking to blow out the counter because the child simply does not know. We have to figure out why it's easy to blame the younger person when it comes to sex, especially if they are black and brown. If it's a young girl talking to an older guy, then somehow, in most people's mind, she's being fast and asking for it. And that means that we're unintentionally saying that the man can't handle his impulses. That a grown man cannot handle his sexual impulses. You're always asking the question of what did she think was going to happen when she put herself in that predicament? Still holding the girl responsible and not the other adult. And if the roles were switched with an older woman and a younger male, people suggest that boys wanted that and that they should be lucky to get an older woman. So now you're saying that boys can't be raped. Boys can't be abused. Like... Or if it's the same sex, like then the older person says some, sees something in the younger person before they do it and just show it to them when it comes to, to gay relationships. It's always the kid's fault. It's always the victim's fault. We have to figure out why we are doing that because it is absolutely disgusting. It is not okay for an adult to take advantage of someone who does not know themselves yet. This applies to celebrities as well. We might look at them like they aren't real or that certain rules don't apply to them, but they do. Just because they are in the entertainment business does not mean that they are no longer a part of society or that their biological clock stops working. As humans, our brain does not stop developing until we are 25. This means that we aren't able to see our life and goals clearly until that age. And hell, even after that, some people aren't able to see their life clearly and make decisions after they're 25. Some people are aware that that teenagers and young people don't know how to make decisions or that they are really naive and they definitely take advantage of that. Manipulation and grooming are real. This is definitely what happened to all of those girls who were under R. Kelly's control. 
child grooming is befriending and establishing an emotional connection with the child and sometimes with the family in order to lower the child's inhibitions with the objective of sexual abuse. This could be empty promises, giving gifts, wanting to spend time with the children or teens alone. In most extreme cases, this is obvious, but there is a gray area that needs to be discussed, seeing that there are sometimes 14-year-olds who date seniors in high school who are 18, 19-year-olds. We have to figure that out. Is it okay to date because you're just in the same school or is it bad as well? These are conversations and questions that we need to be asking ourselves. And honestly, these are the conversations that parents need to be asking themselves when it comes to their children. If your child is 14, what they do is on you. And as a parent, you have the power to approve or disapprove. This was the case with me when I was 14. I started talking to a guy who was 19, 20 years old, and he was in his first year in college. And even though he wasn't manipulating me or grooming me, and me and him are still friends to this day, he never had the, the worst intentions and never had bad intentions at all. But my sister, who was my guardian, shut that shit down because that wasn't okay in her eyes. Even though I was pissed at that time, I now understand that it's on the parent and the guardian to decide what is okay and what isn't okay. It wasn't for me to understand. I didn't have to understand that when I was younger. I couldn't understand it. All I knew was that I liked this guy. He liked me. We had good conversation and that was it. That's what I saw. I didn't see all the, the, the outside layering things. You can't expect for a child to understand that. It's for the adult. The adult is in the wrong. Number two, one of the criticisms about R. Kelly's situation is that people knew and didn't say anything. This is just as bad. I know that in the black and brown community that we have this saying that what goes on in the family stays in the family or what goes on in this house stays in this house. And this saying has caused my family as well as so many others so much trauma. So if this is common in your family and you looked at R. Kelly's team and all the people surrounding him with disgust, you are just as bad as well. Speak up. If you see that something is going on, if you see that your friend is dating an older guy, if you see that your friend is dating an older girl or whatever, if your cousin or sibling comes to you and say that they have been touched, listen to them. It is so much better to be safe than sorry. The kids need to be protected. We have to protect our kids. Families are full of secrets and they do a good job of protecting the abuser and sweeping things under the rug. But if you know something, you have to say something. This has been an issue for me as well, being a survivor of sexual assault. I'm always wanting to protect the victim. If the victim tell me that they don't want to talk about anything, I don't really say anything. But this doesn't apply to a child. It doesn't. You have to talk. You have to. I would respect a 25-year-old come to me and say that they don't want to talk about their, their, their abuser. They don't want to talk about the assault that's happening. Because you are an adult. I respect that. And I can't go out and yell at the top of my lungs who your abuser was. But for a child, you have to do that. You have to speak out about that. Because who's, who knows if they're doing this to other kids or not? This could be your uncle. This could be your dad. This could be all these people, your sister in your life who are doing something and you're allowing it to happen, the cycle will continue if you don't stop it. It will. You have to say something. You have to stop it. Going on to number three, I want to point out that R. Kelly was a victim of molestation and assault as well. And no, this does not excuse him of his actions, but someone failed him. Someone failed him. And he failed himself. 
All the people around him failed him. They failed to protect him. And this is common. This is common as well. People are dealing with so much. So much trauma from their youth. And it comes out in these aggressive ass ways where they are basically continuous, continuing a cycle of abuse and hurt that they've dealt with, that they've been through. So this is to say, if you are someone who has been hurt, if you know someone who has been hurt, please tell them to go get help. It might be too late to get justice, which means that if, you know, it happened when you were six and now you're 26 and, you know, you can't get justice now because maybe the person who did it is long gone, you still need to go get help. You still need help processing that so you're not perpetuating this cycle. You might have to, like, sit with it, you know? You might have to deal with it. And that's not, it's, it's not easy to deal with your trauma, and it's, it's hard. It really, really is, but you feel better afterwards, and you become a better person, and it's never too late to go get help. It's never too late to go see a therapist. That way you're able to deal with your hurt and trauma. You'll be able to address them and find a way to accept it and move on with your life without hurting others. You're hurt. The fact that you've been through something isn't an excuse for your actions. It's a cop-out. Go get help, and hopefully you will maybe be able to stop the cycle from continuing in your life. You will be able to find happiness and stop the cycle from affecting your kids. And it's just never too late, man. It's never too late to go get help. All that it takes is a decision to get better. When you know better, you do better. When you're older and you're surrounded by people and they're telling you what you're doing is wrong and they're telling you that, that what happened to you is wrong, go get help. You need to go get help. But that's all for today. This is all of my tips, and I hope that some of it resonates with you. I really do. I, I really do. But this is a tough conversation I have, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that it could undo relationships, but you have to look at, look at things. I had to take a look at myself and look at my past and to see, like, why did things happen that happened, and who do I hold responsible? Just all of that. Like, it's, it helps. It helps you figure things out. So... I have a couple questions today, but before I go, I just want to say that it wasn't your fault. If you've been hurt, it wasn't your fault. If you've been a victim of rape or sexual assault, it wasn't your fault. There is so much power in understanding that it wasn't your fault. Your experience might have made you feel otherwise, but it's not your fault. And you are definitely enough and you deserve happiness and you deserve love. So go get help and get that. But let's just hop into the question segment. If you want to ask questions, again, DM us at girl underscore uninterrupted, or you can just email us at miamigirls with the G-R-R-R-L-S at gmail.com because I'm always open to doing these questions. Today, I'm only going to do one because the question required like a lot of explanation. And honestly, the rest of the questions got on my nerves and it was triggering and I didn't want to put that out there. I didn't want to, you know, all the nonsense that's been going on social media and the things that people say is it's sickening. So I didn't want to put that out there. But the question that I got was why don't the girls just leave? Whether that be R. Kelly or their abusers, why don't why don't the girls just leave or why don't anyone leave their abuser? As I said on the documentary when it came to R. Kelly, the cycle of abuse is really slow and it's powerful. And I know that 
some people might think that if they're there and if they're staying there and if their parents are reaching out to them and they're telling their parents no, that it's because they want to be there. But the cycle of abuse is very powerful. There's this honeymoon phase when your abuser first, when an abuser first meets their victim. There's an exchange of something wanted, like there, there's an exchange of love or um, money, affection, or a promise is always given. And there's a happy exchange that makes the victim think that everything is okay and good and you're feeding them in a certain way. They might even think that they're lucky and that they've hit the jackpot in the relationship because at the beginning it's so good and they get all the things that they that they ever wanted they, or that they thought that they wanted. Then the victim does something that the abuser doesn't like. This could be not picking up the phone, staying out too late, going to talk to their friends, talking to someone else, or something as simple as looking the wrong way. And then the abuser snaps. So the abuser hits them or curses them out or disappears. The victim is thinking, what can I do to get them back to the place where we were happy? Or what did I do to make this happen? I will never do it again. At this point, the abuser can very easily suggest anything. They can say things like, if you would just call me every hour, I would feel better and this won't happen again. Or if you would just do what I tell you to do, then things will be better. They can also throw in the, I'm just so in love with you, I just can't control myself type of thing. Um, and this could happen after you've been hit or, you know, just anything. The victim agrees to do whatever at this point that the abuser wants. And then there's this calm where the honeymoon starts again. Then the cycle starts all over again. So for a person who is being abused by someone they love, who has been manipulated into believing that everything that has been happening to them is their fault and that they're constantly trying to get back to the place where, where they were good in the relationship, it is very hard to leave. Not to mention the fact that you can sometimes form a bond with your abuser that makes you feel like you're responsible for them and for their happiness and for their anger, for their emotions. You feel like you are responsible for the way that they feel and that if they're in a bad mood, then somehow you fail at them and then you go back down on yourself. The cycle just starts all over again. So it isn't that easy to leave. It is really not. It's not ever easy for people, people to leave their abuser. And I hear people say that all the time, like, why did you stay around so long? Or why did you do this? Or why did you do that? Like, manipulation is, is something serious. Like, it's very easy to manipulate someone who is in need or who wants something because they are so vulnerable. But okay, um, like I said, I'm only going to do that one question because I'm, the other questions just gave me a headache. But if you ever want to send a sensible question <laughs> to be answered on this podcast, um, like I said, we have an Instagram at Girl Uninterrupted. So that's G-R-R-L underscore uninterrupted or email us at Miami Girls, again, G-R-R-R-L, but with the S, at gmail.com. Like always, I will send you off with some love because I need that love. Um, so me telling you that is me telling myself that. Um, after discussing this, after everything's been going on, after hearing the things that people say, I'm going to leave you with this. May you protect yourself and others. May you listen to the victim with open ears, listen to yourself with open ears and without judgment. And may you show others the love and compassion that you will want them to show you. I hope that you have an amazing year. I hope that you have an amazing week and that it continues. Send some love out to someone, y'all. 
be a light, please. We need it because <laughs> this world is trash half the time. But until next week, bye. <laughs>